Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Thanks for joining us. Hope you're well. I'm Jeff. That is Tom, Director Matthew, in the house on Twitter. It's at Jay Cameron Show. Busy first hour. A lot of fun talking about the uh, position group spring football preview that'll be up on warchant.com shortly uh we did defensive tackles today i was a part of that myself Corey clark good times uh also talked some about the stadium issue being voted on today in terms of monies and how much of those monies florida state may or may not receive <laughs> is that the freshman is that a reference yeah, to the yeah, freshman a little bit um and then of course uh, we had a, as always some nfl football talk you know I am waiting still uh, very, very uh, on edge, I have to admit about this. I, I, I understand that I have to be careful when I tread in these waters because I'm not so sure uh, there is a large contingent of our listeners that care anywhere close to as much as I do about this, and I'm, I'm always aware of it. But uh, all right, now MLB. I mean, we, we've we've talked about the impending doom of uh, Major League Baseball, and uh, if there is no deal between the union and the owners, um, and, and you know, baseball has done a lot to uh, to fall down the board of importance, right? There, in terms of viewership, investment, and future outlook. Uh, but I still love the sport, and I don't want to be denied it uh, selfishly. I'd like to see a spring training occur. There may not be more enjoyable activities with my sons than going down to uh, South Florida and seeing spring training baseball. Games. You talk about economic impact. Oh, my God. I feel bad for all those old men. When I go down to uh, Bradenton, uh, McKechnie Park there where the Pirates uh, spring train, it's all these old guys that have been in retirement. They get hired out. They love it. And you see them on their bikes and they're pedaling their old ass over to the stadium. It's hilarious. And they can't wait to be the ticket taker and the parking guy and the beer dude. And it's awesome. And you get in these awesome conversations because their they're guys are like, oh, yeah, well, I remember one time Willie Stargell came through here. and they, It's just incredible. But it's that way at all of these places. You go to Jupiter. You go wherever you go. They hire all these retirees. It's great. Uh, and they, it, yes, the economic impact is massive because people come in waves to be outdoors and enjoy the, uh, the you know, the grand old game and uh, all that that entails, which is an awful lot of time spent with loved ones and people you care about in a community that embraces it, along with an infusion of dollars to restaurants and bars and all of that stuff and transit. And uh, yeah, I hate it. I, I, I hate that baseball so frequently um, does everything in its power. Uh, to further remove itself from relevance. I, it just drives me nuts because the game itself is great and they made improvements uh, on the game a year ago to where there was going to be... You need things to trend, Tom. You need That's why we talk about Florida State. We're watching very closely the baseball team this year. We know they have arms. Great. Do they pick up the baseball? Do they run the bases decently? And is, is a lot of that swing and miss out of there? Well, we don't know just yet. The sample size is too small. They did have a 14-strikeout game recently, including the first seven batters and the loss to Jacksonville, which, geez. But, again, they had a very successful three-game stretch over the weekend prior to that. We'll wait and see what the over... But you're looking for trends. You're looking for things that are going in the right direction. And baseball had things moving in the right direction as far as the play on the field in the second half of the season after implementing uh, the sticky stuff rule, for lack of a better term. And now... This, this, 
this, always this. Yeah, it'll pass. That deadline on Monday will pass. The players are going to call the Major League Baseball's bluff to see if actual games will be canceled. Which will be a shortened season at that point. If MLB, uh, CBA, to continue the abbreviations here, deal is not done by February 28th. Today is the 24th. Wow. Wow. Is it really? Right? Do I have that right? It you is. do. Goodness yeah. gracious. Indeed. What happened to the month of February? Well, that's what we say every year. We hate January. And we, oh, February we love is, January. Boom. January is a long year. But then February comes. You're like, what happened to February? Anyhow, so the point would be uh, we're nearly done with February. February 28th is that deadline, and they're talking about canceling regular season games. That was is what Tom is referencing. So, anyhow, um, the future of baseball. I trust. On my mind. Major League Baseball writers to tell me what's really going on. Now, of course, they have an interest in it because the sport needs to exist for them to get their paychecks. I get that. But Ken Rosenthal weighing on weighing in on this particular issue, he's no friend of Rob Manfred, right? Well, who would be? Because Rob Manfred's a dope. And he got thrown off MLB Network because he spoke out against the commissioner. And yet, in his piece today, which is highly critical of the whole process, he says, well, this is what happens when Major League Baseball doesn't come to the negotiating table until it's very close to its own deadline. It's going to put pressure and turn the screws on the players in that situation. So for Ken to take that position today, that is that is a um, courageous one to take, considering he's already on thin ice within the baseball community. I agree with him in that situation. Typically, I it, I change, depending upon which labor strike, which league, yeah, which you're situation. Yeah, issue-by-issue guy. Issue like, by everybody issue. should be in every realm and walk of life with anything that is debated, sure. And I can't stand Tony Clark and, and the union. They're terrible. But in this particular situation, Major League Baseball creates a hard deadline and then doesn't ramp up negotiations until right then in order Four to make months. them sweat into a room. You know, sweat in that boardroom as they're negotiating. We'll see what happens. I bet the players call their bluff, though. I think they will, too, which, again, leads then to a shortened season, perhaps. Perhaps. So that seems to be what the owners are certainly saying it will happen. If Now, a shortened spring training um, regiment, if you will, seems to be on board already. It's going to happen, and that's unfortunate as well. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Again, I understand that, by and large, people are going, okay, great, that's baseball. But the precipitous drop-off of baseball has been going on for some time, yet the economics of the sport are very, very healthy. Um, that hence the reason you see some of the outlandish contracts that we have, 220, 230, 300 million, 500 million. I mean, it's insane, right? If baseball were on the verge of death, cusp of death, if they were irrelevant amongst uh, the fans in this country and their sports viewing habits, you wouldn't see contracts being doled out to the tune of two, three, four hundred million dollars. Correct. It's just a matter of how many at-bats, forgive the pun, that a live event has. Live sports still, you know, yields a lot of money. A lot of money. It's appointment viewing. The last thing, really, that's appointment viewing it in our culture. It is the last thing that's appointment viewing. And when you have 162 cracks at that live viewing, that's how you get these enormous numbers. Now, if you compare them on a per-game basis, I mean, it's not even close to what the NFL or the NBA oh, does. Of course. But that's why they should stick to 162 to maximize the revenue. It's funny, we were having the discussion during the break, and it is the larger discussion about uh, our sports viewing habits in general. And whereas some events, live events, will forever be more enticing than listening or watching at home. I use the example of a concert. Could you get a higher quality audio of a live show after it's been mastered and produced? And no, no, Yes, you could, but would you want to sit around in your living room and listen to that more than you would wanting to see that artist in person? No, not if it's an artist you care about. No, uh, I wouldn't. But yet, in sports, the trend has 
gone the other way. There are very few times where you would say, well, I would most assuredly rather be at this game than watch it on my 90-inch television, television surrounded by friends and family with a fridge right there and a bathroom right there. The exception being, I think, playoff games, championship-level games, where the electricity in the stadium is undeniable. Now, you correctly noted that there are other factors that lead into one wanting to go to live sporting events, namely tailgating. And I agree. It's actually the only downside of our job, Tom, which is that we do pregame shows in studios a lot of times instead of having the ability to tailgate. Now, I'm not going to complain because the rest of our job is incredible and everybody out there who likes sports would love this job. But I miss tailgating. I miss getting together, uh, whether it's a Florida State game, a Bucks game, baseball game, whatever it might be, getting together with like-minded folks, typically whom I love and care about deeply, and catching up. How's your family? How are your friends? What are your kids doing? What's going on? Hey, how about that? Let's talk about our team. Let's have another beer and let's enjoy this food and walk into the state. I miss that, and that is a great thing, and that will always be a great thing about live sports, but we've seen the trend. Yeah, well, that's the thing about the tailgate is maybe 20% or 25% of the discussion at most is about the game that you're about to go see. It's usually about other stuff, other inane stuff, like, you know, not inane, but important, you know, what's going on in your life stuff compared to the event that you're there for. You don't sit there for four hours or three hours before the game and only talk about, well, if our defensive line could just get it together today, you don't say that over and over again. It's about the camaraderie. I do think... It's probably uh, a more uh, often discussed issue with people that aren't in our field. Like a lot of times we go to tailgates if we do get a chance to, and we don't want to talk about football because that's all we've done for months on end. Whereas if that's not what you do, if you're an electrician and you go to the tailgate to meet your buddy that you went to FSU with, and he is an attorney, and neither of you have had a chance to spend a lot of time talking about our defensive line getting it together this week in this matchup against wake forest then you might you might spend a good that's hour true. hour and a half discussing that very subject that's true also you know i've gotten cross-eyed looks in the past of you know why don't you want to go to the games well if i have to cover it yeah it's a little bit different then it's a different experience because as much as i'm a fan of florida state and a grad and i still am it's just it's different i'd have to be out of the business altogether to be able to allow myself to say yeah you know what let's just go for the game day experience i went last year to the miami game and i had the good fortune because i was not needed as far as a post game anything okay so within the realm of what i'm doing i went with my dad and my two sons and we just went as Knowles and cheered our head off and it was a wonderful experience to be in the stands with a game that went back and forth and was on the precipice of being lost and then snatching victory from the jaws of defeat and all of that happened and embracing when Jordan Travis goes across that goal line and you see the hands go up or the 4th and 14 play and watching that live and picking up Clark over my head as he makes that catch. and Yes, there is difference. That is a big difference at a game like that than if you were just watching it at the house. That I was much happier to be in the stadium for, and that is what... When you're trying to entice people to go to games, you have to point out. You have to point out to them, hey, the live experience in a rivalry game, in a big game, a close game, or a championship game is so much better than being at home. But really, the more banal games, the games that you're referencing, such as the one against, uh, I don't know who you want to use here, but the ACC has a lot of choices, uh, <laughs> whether it's Duke, whether it's even Wake, who's Wake, better than us yeah. currently. But you know what I mean? That, that's You're like, okay, I watched up the house. I yeah. can watch that at the house. Well, it's also, you know, if you were to liken music to sports, let's just say that your favorite music artist, everybody insert the blank there, play the Mad Libs game, 
played 20 times in your town. You going to go to all 20? You going to have season tickets to watch your favorite artist play? Or, or do you want to see them because it's, scarcity. it's scarcity? It's a rare chance right. to go see them. Oh, I'm going to be in this town on this day. I'm going to stay an so extra night. So and so. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're, you, know, you, you don't have the opportunity. But that's the thing that we're also battling with, I mean, even a six or a seven game home slate here in Tallahassee, what you just described. We're battling that. You only get six cracks of this, maybe seven if we do the smart thing and we schedule a home and home rather than neutral side games. And yet, you're like, eh, I'll go to two. <laughs> That's kind of where we are as a society. Yeah, well, I think the the thing you were talking about is putting up with uh, random a-holes who are obliterated midway through the first quarter and not making sense as they scream out at the officials, and you have to listen to their uneducated drivel. Uh, that, that That's a... Well, you've been educated about, and I'm talking anybody who's been in stadium like ours or, or any other college football stadium, high school stadium, you've been educated about a better way to watch the game. You, you, maybe, your, maybe your executive suite just isn't there. Maybe it's in your living room because when you have somebody's knee hitting your back every two seconds because of the bleacher effect, unfortunately, we've gotten much bigger as a people. You know, we've gotten a little wider, so the, the space is narrower. And I can't stand that. That's my least favorite part about going to bleacher stadiums is it's not necessarily the width of the seat. It's the person behind you always kicks you or they kick the seat underneath you. And so it vibrates the whole time. You're well, saying, my man, I can't even focus on the game. What am I doing here? Now, I will say this. Uh, and again, uh, there are incredible pros and cons to I, I think Florida, the state of <laughs> in general, incredible pros, incredible cons. That is true of going to sporting events in the state of Florida. Because of the ungodly heat that begins the season. That is why. That is that is why. That's the other thing. If now, it's in if November, you, you put up with those knees to your back. Well, and if you were going to say early season games, third week, fourth week of the season in the Midwest, you'd be like, oh, this is where it's at. A little sweater weather as I walk into the stadium. Now, again, cons, fast forward, it's seven. What are we doing? Yeah. There's a reason I like going to Hauser more in February and March. You know, it's perfect. It, it's just unbelievable. Even Absolutely if it's a little chilly, perfect. so what? That's yeah. what baseball windbreakers are for. It's Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Sticks. The legacy continues. JY, Tommy, Chuck, Todd, Lawrence, Ricky, and Will. Sticks. February twenty-second, twenty-twenty-two. Donald L. Tucker Civic Center. With one hit song after another. Tickets on sale now at TuckerCivicCenter.com. Don't miss Sticks Live. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Tom, 
Towards the end of yesterday's show, I may have mentioned that I took Minnesota plus five against Wisconsin. That worked out well. Final score, 68-67, Wisconsin over Minnesota. I also touched on Houston minus eight and a half against Tulane. They won 81-67. to That covers the eight and a half. A little two for yesterday for everybody that was paying attention closely. How about a hat trick? Because Montreal took out Buffalo 4-0. But ow! That's what we're doing up in here, baby. Well, three and zero on the Jeff Cameron show. It'll help ease the pain of no longer being able to utilize our Red Russians bit because screw Russia. It's unfortunate. Duh. Couldn't have been China, you know. Right. Right. Here we thought this uh, long dead, you know, Soviet theme was uh, something we could poke fun at. Apparently, it's blaring on uh, old Putin's playlist every day. You know, I got a game for tonight. And uh, that segment will be forthcoming in the uh, not-so-distant future. But I was elated to, uh, to look and see that I had gone to. You know, you get to where if you bet in bulk, and if you, bet in bulk you don't always check. And then the next morning, you're like, I do a little check and do. And I did over a cup of coffee this morning and smiled as I put the cup of joe to my lips. That is a good way to start the day. It's <laughs> a good slogan. Uh, what smile? You as you smile p- as you put the cup, cup of Joe to your, your lips. <laughs> now be careful. Don't spill it as yeah. you smile. If you smile too soon, you can spill it. I'll tell you what, I feel bad for the uh, Honda, the old Honda Classic. There is, uh, ooh, have you checked that leaderboard today, boys and girls? Probably not. Probably not. When we talk about things that will soon be going the way of the dodo, I don't know if that event has a lot of staying power. Um, it's unfortunate. Again. Uh, I bring it up. You think only- it leaves the rotation when Jack leaves the uh- Earth? Yeah. Um, maybe because his charities are so aggressively good. That's oh, why it would, be awesome. a, it would be a hard thing to just punt on. Oh, it'd be awful. Uh, I- actually, there was a time where that was a great event. It's just they've suffered because of where they're situated. You come straight out of L.A. West Coast Swing, you have the Arizona event, which everybody loves and everybody wants to play in, and the depth of field is incredible, and the purse, amazing. And then you have the stadium hole and all that. Then you go over to Genesis uh, at the Riv, uh, one of the unique courses on the tour. Everybody wants to play that. Deep field, it's awesome. So then you come and you begin the Florida Swing, and this is a great course, a challenging course. It's a course that, uh, you know, the bear trap, the whole thing. I love the layout here because you have to have a great round of golf in order to score. It's not one of these where they – because what happens is there aren't the easy birdie par fives littering the course. So you take that away from the players and you're like, no, you, you shape some stuff into these par fours and do some things. Then, then they can be made to look bad if they're not playing well, if they're not sharp. But – the better point is that because it's the first of the events in the Florida Swing, think about the rest of the Florida Swing. They're going to want to play Arnie's Tournament. Which is next week. Correct. So if you wanted a respite from the West Coast Swing and you're going to play Arnie's Tournament, this is the event that takes it on the noggin. Then from there, where are they going to want to go? Well, they're going to want to play Sawgrass because the purse is massive. It's considered the fifth major, if you will. So they're not going to miss TPC. And Valspar has even gotten so much better these days. Tiger helped out a lot there. but So there's the Valspar. I'm telling you, man, the Honda just gets told, been over. Right. Well, yes, there we go. Uh, the Honda and the Valspar, I, you didn't get me completely. Yeah. Because I did. Yeah. But, yeah, the Honda and the Valspar are kind of neck and neck. I would have never thought about that, you know, in my lifetime when they rebooted it and they said Innisbrook's going to get a, a mm-hmm. PGA tournament, especially when they did the shuffle when the uh, the players moved back into March from May and they did all that stuff to make the majors work. 
I thought Valspar was going to be the one that got left out. But it might be the Honda. Who knew? Yeah, the Honda's struggling. Your leaderboard reads um, uh, Kurt Katayama, Rory Sabatini, Peter Uline, and Aaron Ray. Hmm. Okay. That's, Aaron Ray, huh? That's a Do you have him in DraftKings? No. Uh, Danny Willett's amongst the leaders. Oh. Hey, there's a Ricky Fowler sighting. He's minus three through six. Chris Kirk is having himself a fine day along with Dylan Fratilli. Don't look now. There's Mito Pereira. See what I'm saying about the Honda? <laughs> Daniel Berger is playing well. That's okay. Hold. Brooks Kepka's off to a pretty good start today. Okay. All right. Hey, you get a little Noel on Noel crime going on this weekend. That'll yeah. be a good weekend for Tallahassee ratings. Yeah, uh, Brooks Kepka and Chase Kepka is actually playing in this event as well. Oh, a little sponsor's and, example. And just so everybody knows, Chase Kepka was an All-American at USF. A lot of people don't realize he was actually a fine player himself. We'll solve for the future coming up next with our friends from ISF. Stay tuned. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Jeff Cameron Show 93. Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV, and you, hey! Uh, listen, uh, I've loved and continue to love my partnership with our friends at ISF. This is where we solve for the future. If you don't know, ISF is an IT and strategy firm. 40 years they've served the state government, business clients across the nation. Not just the state, but the, the nation, Tom. Which is a great thing. And lately, I've been giving you very specific examples of uh, how it is. They help and, and do meaningful things. I brought up the MIPS system, uh, the Florida Department of Health MIPS system, as it is. And um, obviously, it's a longstanding relationship that ISF has with the Florida Department of Health and how uh, basically they utilize those capabilities and help DOH support Florida's children. That's a big damn deal. ISF built the original management information payment system. Ah, there's MIPS. Uh, Back in 1998, MIPS is an online system that processes federal food reimbursement claims for child care centers throughout the state of Florida. Consider a child care center in Florida that provides meals, snacks to ensure good nutrition for kids. That center seeks reimbursement from the USDA. They would use MIPS to send that reimbursement claim through the Florida Department of Health. So you get it? You see how it all works? Through the years, ISF has partnered with DOH to provide support, maintenance, and updates to the system to keep it up to date with current technology and to meet the challenges of the future. MIPS is there for Florida's children, and ISF is proud to be there for the Florida Department of Health. Very specific examples of their expertise uh, working here. Now, we earlier brought up the Florida blueprint, or what we were talking about, the vote for later today. It's going to happen when we get off the air, so we won't have an answer on that just yet. The 19th vote, I think, unofficially. And as we were talking, we were, we were saying that... Um, Okay, um, you know, $20 million 
argue about it, $30 million, $40 million, whatever it might be. But that got me to thinking, uh, Tom, what if you had $40 million, $30 million, $20 million, $50 million, and you wanted to make it a, uh, a significant impact on uh, Florida State University athletics, what would you what would you spend it on? Well, first of all, that would mean I have about a billion dollars or five hundred awesome. million dollars. Who doesn't want that? Buddy. With all due respect to Florida State, they're not getting thirty million of my money unless I get a lot more money than thirty million. You know, that's the other thing. I've never been one of these guys that wants his name on things. You know, this this idea of your legacy, like put my name on the building or the practice right. facility. Like a building won't be gone in, in no. fifty years after you're dead. Yeah. at at most. And nobody pays attention to it. Right. Nobody cares. Agreed. Anyhow, so I'm not doing that. It's a tough one because, I, you know, I, I go back and forth between what's best for Florida State and what's best for me as a citizen of Tallahassee because they're two very different things. Right, and the thing that would be best for both the city and Florida State University is my face at the 50. Wait a minute, so you don't want your name on things, no, you just want I just your want, face. I want my image seared in the minds of many for years to come. The JCNIL. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. So you're telling as so a FSU citizen, is, it, it would be a baseball stadium, and then also the money. But I want the facility and the money to entice a minor league ball club to be able to play there as well. Ah, but a I love that idea. There was a time, Tom, many, many, many years ago, you were too young to remember that we were very close to having a minor league baseball team here. It would have been a hell of a thing. Would have loved it. Didn't happen. Damn it, man! And that lease money can help. It's almost like when you buy a property on the beach. And you rent it out a bunch, mm. and you only use it for a month or two years. But it's your you own it. You own it, and they're paying your mortgage for you mm -hmm. to be, you know, tourists. Boy, well, you know how much money it takes to keep up a place on the beach. That salt is a killer. Just as a sign, I thought you should know that. Um, also, isn't your diet? <laughs> so FSU is asking Blueprint for twenty million dollars for stadium repairs. Uh, and, and, and while we were talking about that, the FSU boosters fronting the bulk of the money somewhere around $100 million prior to that. So they're saying, look, we've, we've, we've got $100 million here. We just need 20 from you guys. What would we do with $100 million or $20 million? Which Which would you want to do? $100 million can do a lot of things. $100, mm -hmm, million, mm -hmm. 100 million, you could say, look at that dump that is Dickhauser Stadium. Let's bulldoze that bitch and build a brand new one over here at the intramural fields. Kids could go to the games, walk right out to the bars, and bam, we have ourselves an atmosphere. That could you can work. see where my vote is. Right, yeah. yeah. I, I figured that's where you'd go, mm. and that would be really good. I've um, been championing that cause for many, many moons. So here's the thing. It's funny. With uh, new athletic director Alford and uh, the, the board of trustees leadership, Peter Collins and all that, I, I think there is a big success-failure factor that's tied to buildings, you know, f the football-only facility and getting facilities up to speed. And that's fair. The funny thing is, while I while I would say that erect me some good stuff for football that will attract recruits to have them say yes more often, if it was my money, I would do something different. I would either help out with the baseball vision yes. or I would earmark every dollar for the NIL because okay, so I want to pay players to get here. Who cares what our facilities look like if our checks cash and we can check them you know, if the checks are larger than A and M or as large as A and M, then let's do that. Well, that's what's going to happen. That uh, we, I've been saying for a while now. Once we saw this was going to be a, uh, the new reality, and you and I have talked about it on this show. Really, I think every football loving fan in the country who cares about their university's well being has said, "Well, how much do we need to allocate uh, allocate for uh, you know uh, a new locker room? How much do we need to allocate for?" Uh, 
a, a better practice facility? How much do we need to allocate for? Is it really working? Uh, the answer is going to be resounding no if people are just paying more to the players themselves. Right, and that so, also lends itself to the question about how much is a coach worth at that point. And this is why they don't like it. Because the moment oh, that you it's realize dropping, it's dropping that fast. you could pay the players and then it's about the Jimmys and Joes and not the X's and O's or these um, recruiting tactics that these coaches employ in order to win the 50-50 battles, quote-unquote, right, right. that it's not about them anymore. That's why Jimbo got so pissed at A&M and he's like, well, what, we're, good re- we're great recruiters. Yeah. Why don't we talk about that? <laughs> because you just paid $30 million right. to go get your you class. You better be damn good recruiters. Right. Well, now you don't have to hire necessarily a tight ends coach who is a bag man. Who needs a bag man? You don't need one. It's on the up and up. You just need a developer of talent. Uh, I'll talk about this for a second, okay? I'll answer Jeff's question here in a second on the chat. But, Eric, thank you very much for your contributions to the Jeff Cameron Show and uh, those of us here at War Chant working hard to try to do the right thing by you guys. Um, Go Knowles. He wrote Happy Thirsty Thursday. Eric's feeling it today. He wants to pop a cold one. He's ready to go. All right, now, so having said that, um, look, man, if you had $100 million, if this is the kind of fun thing we're doing to solve the future for Florida State, yeah, you'd want to tidy things up. Sure, Ryan, I'd build you a damn softball stadium. It would cost me mere pennies compared to what I would invest in the other sports right now. I understand. They have been successful. Would it shut him up about softball upgrades? Because he's like Jimbo with football upgrades. Ryan, I don't know. We chill, I mean, man. I love you, Ryan. We but, love this I mean, program. Softball. I'm Sweet a coach's Jesus. club member of it, too. Yeah. But, you know. Okay. Yeah, I love their facility. I think it's gorgeous over there. They're expanding it. I don't have a problem with that facility. Then again, you know, I maybe well, not a as smaller facility. As Ryan. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, like, I like the garage across the street. I, I can get good. season tickets. I look but, good at softball. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Give buy a, a uniform. I don't need to buy a seat. A couple hundred seats. There you go. But uh, but that, that said, um, I would I would I would finish off this damn indoor. Uh, in excuse me, football, football only, only facility. Yep. I'd finish it off. The FOF, F-O-F. Be, uh, there, you go. there you go. Finish this off already. I'm tired of talking about it. And save the rest of this money for the damn fine players that we lose out on in recruiting. Somebody's got to fight Deion Sanders, sabotaging his own university. Let's go. All because you took his shoes. Many moons ago, Tom. But if it was the Jeff Cameron NIL fund, I mean, think about that legacy. Now, there's a legacy you can get behind. The single biggest donor to the NIL fund in college football is me. Is me. (laughs) I am the reason that we are succeeding each and every Saturday, everybody. I would want it announced. Hey, as you watch out out there today, folks, keep in mind, Jeff Cameron is the reason these players came to Florida State University. And I would stand and wave at the 40. So what I would say is, yes, after the 50. The players run out of the tunnel, <laughs> yeah. and, and they're led by Osceol and Renegade. Then they roll out the garnet carpet for you <laughs> that you can walk out with a crown on, and you just wave <laughs> to the masses. Um, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't need all of that. I, I would want my face in both end zones. Other than that, there you go. <laughs> you could have a jersey that just says, it looks like it's diamond numbers. And it says five star. <laughs> and the players would come hug me. Because they know. They'd come hug me. Oh, you'd get to break them down after yeah. every game. We'd get to do the hoppy hop. We'd do the hoppy Great hop effort, on guys. the tunnel. Yeah. Way to go, fellas. I'm glad I paid for your asses. Way to go. Let's whip up our ponies. Get it done next week. That's the one thing that you could take from the Willie era is the whistle dance. You could do oh. the whistle dance with the players. Greatest moment in Willie Taggart's professional career is the whistle dance in the locker room. 
It's. I mean, I can watch it on a loop. It's still fantastic. <laughs> I love it. I do it in my living room sometime to this day in front of the kids, much to their chagrin. I do the whistle dance. They're like, Jesus, Dad. I'm like, oh, it's awesome. When the Bucks score, I do a whistle dance. <laughs> so you could be the donor who also gets like his two bits moment with the whistle dance. Yeah, well, Everybody bring your whistles. Is there a dumber tradition than the University of Florida doing two bits? Oh, my God. Every, I remember. <laughs> like, look and at then, me. you know look what? Look at these cheesy asses. Even the undergrads, I remember when my friends went there, like, this is our tradition. I'm like, you're faking it. You know this sucks. Your Stop. tradition is to sway back and forth and to do two bits. Oh, isn't that cute? It's very sweet. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show brought to you by orange theory fitness two tallahassee locations midtown on thomasville road and north side in the village common shopping center online at orangetheoryfitness.com Johnson on the sack, brought to you by Jeff Cameron. All things good at Florida State, brought to you by Jeff Cameron. And then I would stand, wave. You're welcome. That is how you solve the future right that there. That is solving the future right there, big time. Uh, and a lot of fun. We are efforting currently. Specifically, Tom is efforting to bring Jared Verse onto the program. I'm with him. I'm looking forward to it. We're Texting gonna- him right now. We're going to try to have them on the air tomorrow afternoon. May very well be, uh, I don't know, we have to record with him in the morning. Could be. Video interview. That'd be fun. Either way, I'm open to it. I want to talk to him, and I want to talk to Coach Fuller and others as we get set for spring practice uh, right here on the horizon. Looking forward to it. Uh, very much so, as I said. You still have an opportunity to go two for two, even if we don't have our music. But uh, it is a chance, Tom, as we are in the waning moments of the show. Yeah, what am I going to find? The probables bet again? You want me to use that for this particular segment? Just to give it a little spice? So we got to come up with a new name for this, too. Well, I don't think we have to come up with a new name. It's just, I mean, Big Daddy J is still Big Daddy J. Oh, Big Jay. Daddy J, right. There's just no payoff with a cocktail. we got to rename the cocktail. The Red Russian Yeah, is, can be no more. Although we were always kind of making fun, we were. But right now, it's just that's a that's a tough ask. I get it. I don't want to hear the anthem either. North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly fifteen years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. 
Head to NorthFloridaPayroll.com. Went uh, two for two on this side of the glass yesterday. Tom was one for one on his side of the glass yesterday. That is a 3-0 and Jeff Cameron Show effort uh, yesterday. Of course we're going to draw attention to it. You got a hockey matchup that you think is a little off, a little short, a little much. What say you? Yeah, I'm looking at it, and I see uh, a couple of things that stand out immediately. One of them is Minnesota-Toronto. Uh, Minnesota's trying to get right with the world. They they were led astray for a little bit there. The over-under total tonight <laughs> is high. Well, they're, they're a top-three team in their division. But I then was going to say, were, led astray? What happened? They uh, Well, they were dominating quietly, and then there's been a bit of a cool spell. So uh, that total right now is 6.5. I like that at under because Toronto is pressing as well. They have been uh, embarrassed. Montreal beat them 5-2. to two. Montreal's on pace for 50 points. So Toronto's embarrassed. Minnesota's coming off a little bit of embarrassment. I think that means defensive tight hockey, 6.5, too rich, go under. For some reason, I've had a greater handle this year on the Pac-12 when it comes to basketball than any of the other leagues. I'm not quite sure why. It's just the way it's kind of shook out. Tonight, I'm going to take a very desperate Oregon team uh, getting three against UCLA. UCLA has won four of their last five. They're one of the better teams in the country. They lost the original matchup to Oregon, 84-81 in overtime, Tom. Uh, this is a game, if you want to go watch my preview, College Sportsbook on YouTube, go do it, like it, share it, celebrate it. Uh, that is where you can find it on YouTube. But I took Oregon plus three, and I've continued to shop looking for a little bit of something-something at plus four, plus five, wondering if it would get that high. So far, no dice. But it began on the overnight at plus one. So we've already seen it trended in the right direction. Oregon plus three. I'm playing the desperation angle more than anything else here um, because UCLA is a better team, and yet they might get swept by Oregon. Oregon has to have this game. They are at home. They just returned from the Arizona swing where they lost. uh, And no shame to lose to Arizona uh, in overtime or by three. Uh, No shame there. But uh, I think they come back and play desperate tonight, so I will take them. Some other fun games that are out there uh, on the docket tonight, at least in terms of uh, bets. You may want to watch Gonzaga and San Francisco. I would normally not say that, but this is a matchup where San Francisco is getting a ton of points. I think I saw a nine and a half, ten. One of the better teams to challenge Gonzaga in that conference. Not great, not good, but uh, good enough to maybe keep that hovering around that 10-point marker. Something to look at. Not sprinkling pizza money there. I may sprinkle pizza money on Oregon, though, straight up to win, even though I took the three this morning. So what do you think about waiting until the cut line sets in and, and we make the cuts at the Honda and maybe doing a weekend play tomorrow? Yeah, I'll do that. Because then you'll see there's probably going to be two names you recognize in the top 20, and you just pick one of those guys and hope that you get good numbers on them because they're five or six behind. What is my man Sung J.M. doing this afternoon? Uh, he plays in every single tournament on the tour for that. I admire him. He says he loves hotel rooms. Okay. You have to if you're going to play every single event. And you know, by the way, I read that quote a year ago because they asked him about his tireless effort to win on tour, and uh, he talked about playing all these events. And uh, he said he loved hotel rooms, and I remember smiling when I read that because I thought, so do I, Sung Jay, so do I. He's tied 75th plus one. Uh, Let's get it together, Sung Jay. That was front nine. All right. That's not What in the world? A lot of people, including those in my league that I uh, illegally gamble in, have uh, have taken Sung Jay, so good. Uh, in a weird way, even though I like him, I hope he sucks today. Uh, that said, look at Ricky Fowler. Let's go, Ricky. Says who? 
Puma? I'm rooting for Ricky to not suck. I mean, good God. You are? I, oh, I mean, man. I just kind of feel bad for the His guy. His outfits get worse and worse as he gets more desperate off, for attention. Fell off a cliff. And he still lands these deals. Who is his agent to put him on television? Amazing talent, that person. He hasn't been relevant in five years. It's been fewer than five, Tom. He had that one runner-up at Augusta like three or four years ago. Yeah, he was runner-up, and he's had, unfortunately for him, several of those in majors. I do think, and I will say this, he is well thought of on the tour. People like Ricky, and unlike certain guys, he's not out here shopping his wares to the Saudi Golf League. Uh, you know, I would have put him on one that would have, too, 100%. But he didn't at all, and he was never connected in any way to that. So, How tall do you think Ricky is? 5'7". He's listed at 5'9", so I think you're right. I think I am, too. I've stood next to him, and he seemed very, very small. <laughs> I think I'm right about that. So Ricky's uh, runner-up at the Masters was in 2018. This will be the fourth anniversary of that one. Yeah. His yeah. other runners-up or, or third-place finishes came in the year 2014. Largely irrelevant for almost a decade. Has won Sawgrass. That's true. And made, he played 17 brilliantly like five times that day. And made big shots and everything else. So, Look, man, that game is in there. I'm telling you, I wouldn't say that he's never going to win one. He may just have a week where the talent shines. And and look, here's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, he gets he gets ripped on because he's been in so many commercials without having won a major or being ranked number one and all of that. But he was a incredible uh, college golfer, accomplished, went head to head with one Brooks Kepka, I might add, and uh, and in addition has never been in any kind of trouble. Doesn't get himself wrapped up in controversy. Just dresses like an idiot for money. Which hey, yeah, you can find a way to look sleek for money. I mean. There have been no, plenty of Europeans who can do if that. If you're an Oklahoma State guy, it's hard because yeah. you're wearing all that bright-ass orange. It's difficult to do. You know, I was hoping Brooks would break out the Garnet shirt this year because he's got the frosted hair to go with it. Now mm. he's, there's his Garnet and gold. Yeah, well, you know, there's something that you can't accuse Ricky of, right? He represents all the time. A certain guy from That's here correct. does not ever. That's right. Ever. But what's the net gain? Would the net gain be majors and exposure or you're doing a bunch of Puma commercials? I don't know, man. Those Puma commercials pay. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of money. It's an easy shoot. You have to sit there sipping on a a boat, drinking a you know in, in a fairway while somebody drops a golf ball in your glass and you look up. Well, does Brooks send money back or what? Because I know he offers the private jet from time to time. He's definitely offered the private jet, and he has helped the program. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, I yeah. Could we do better? Do I need to talk to him? Are you gonna reach out? Are you gonna text Brooks? Hey, bruh. That's what I would start the text with. Well, that would, hey, bro. that would get his attention. He'd be like, oh, it's a friend. He shot 68 today and is tied for 12th. His fellow Noel, as I mentioned before, uh, has finished second in this event. Daniel Berger, who is currently three under through eight. So three Daniel off the lead, but uh, we'll see. Lost in a Monday playoff to Patty Harrington. Who has, speaking of not being relevant for a long time. This is weird. He's missed four straight cuts at this event, and he's won this event more than once. That's when you know you're officially old. I used to win this event. Now I can't make the cut. That's a toughie. <laughs> I mean, there it is, staring you in the face. All right, so let us let me ask you an FSU football question related to golf. Daniel Berger is a relatively famous Florida State grad in the professional sphere, right? I think we could agree on that, relatively speaking. Like, if you're a golfer, a golf fan that's more than casual, you would know his name. He's one of the, the first on that list beyond the obvious guys. Who would you make that akin to as a Florida State pro 
in the football ranks. Vince Williams? Like, in terms of fame factor oh, that's after pretty Florida good. State. I think you nailed Vince Williams. I think that's really good. Vince, long career, very productive, never uh, you know, an elite player at Florida State, just a good player. But never he starts elite. every week. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah, was never an elite player in the NFL, but was a really good player for a long time. That is a good comp. Well done out of you. You've been thinking about this, Daniel. I have. Daniel <laughs> Sadly. Uh, Jonas yeah. Blixt? No, oh, no, 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 no. Who you got? Oh, God. Uh, Richard Goodman? Yeah. yeah may, maybe. Mm, that's a toughie. And I love Jonas. And he's one on tour. But you know what broke my heart recently? Uh, when they were playing out uh, in Arizona. Was it Arizona or the week before? I can't remember which. But Jonas was... He shot like a 64, and he was right there in the lead for or tied for the lead for a day. And then you go, look at Jonas Yeah, Blake. we didn't talk about him again. Uh, he shot like 64-78. I went, damn it, Jonas. What? That is volatility. That is really the very definition. Maybe he's EJ, you know, because he was right there and quasi-famous for the Masters weekend very, very early on in his career. Well, his first ever Masters. He finished runner-up. Right. That's what, Okay. So that's that's doing some things. Oh yeah, you'll have it for the rest of yeah. your life. It's that's like being drafted in the first round by the Bills when we all were shaking our head. Yeah, we were out at a draft party. Speaking of which, soon, couple of things. Uh, information tomorrow. Finally, we will knock it out. We will we will open the floodgates. All of you who want to play in the Jeff Cameron Show Invitational War Chant uh, Golf Tournament this year, which is going to be held, and I'm very excited about this. April fifteenth, Tommy. We uh, we are opening up registration tomorrow, I do believe. So, come on. We've got you. It should be uh, a good time, and I would tell you that uh, it will fill up fast. And our friends at uh, Tri-Eagle providing free beer. Yeah, as will your belly. If you enjoy uh, a good beer or seltzer or product from our friends at Tri-Eagle Sales and you're 21 and over playing in this event, yeah. It'll be good. So tomorrow we'll uh, release the news. A lot of you have asked about it, and we appreciate that. And uh, tomorrow you can pull the trigger. Good job out of you, Tom. Good job, Matthew. Thanks to each and every one of you for listening, participating, being part of it all. Be well. Have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Live Asians Friday.